Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all Feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Hey now all, I'm Joey C. Welcome back to another episode of Spirit Sherpa. This is the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. With me as always is the spirit doctor, Kelly Sparta. Hey Kelly. Hey Joey. How's it going? It's going great. The, the heat has broken and I am nice and happy. I went for a walk this morning in 50 degree weather. Oh, I am so thrilled. It is so cool. I love the fall. I, I've never loved the fall as much as I do this year. And I don't know why that is. I just love the weather change. I love the feel of what's going on right now out there, at least here on the in the Northeast. And I know you have some of it down there, but it's a little warmer yeah. still than we got up here. <laughs> Actually, I think that the temperatures are probably equivalent right about now. Yeah, well, you're saying it's 50 degrees. It's been in the 40s and 50s in the morning here, although it's going to get up to 80 today. So it's like a 40 degree swing. But <laughs> yeah, we're, we're doing 81 today yeah. and we were down to 45 last night. So, yeah, same thing. Yeah, that's wild. That's wild. Yeah. So we're going to talk about some cool stuff today. We are. And we're going to have some cautionary tales. Today, cautionary is, you know, tales. Because you know what? We haven't had a cautionary tale in a while and we wouldn't be spirit Sherpa. And I, that's right. I, I don't want to disappoint, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about something that's actually pretty intense, pretty mm-hmm. emotionally impactful, but also really, really therapeutic in a way. We're talking about soul retrievals today. We are. Yeah. So for those who don't know, what does that mean? So a soul retrieval is, well, before I talk about a soul retrieval, let me talk about how you lose a piece of your soul, because that's going to be the easier thing. (laughs) When we go through trauma, when we cannot hold the trauma in ourselves, what happens is a piece of us breaks off and stays in that trauma to hold that for us until we can hold it for ourselves. 
And so if we're not strong enough to hold the trauma, then that piece breaks off. And that piece becomes, for lack of a better word, the guardian of that trauma, right? So when we do soul retrieval, what we're doing is we're calling back that piece of ourselves to our beingness, which by definition means if you're calling a piece back, you're calling back the trauma the that trauma comes with it yeah. that you were then going to have to process. Okay. So this is not a toy or a game. Right. This is not something to be done by people who don't know what they're doing because the trauma needs to be reintegrated. And that is something that you either need to do with a therapist, Mm -hmm. depending on how present that trauma is to you still when it comes back, or at least with your shaman or your coach or whatever, right? So if the, if the trauma isn't like right up in your face and active, active, then, then uh, you could probably do it with your coach or your shaman. If it is, then, you know, a qualified therapist would be a really good idea. Soul retrievals are, you know, they're important for us as part of our spiritual journey because it's part of making us whole again, right? Because yes. we, we're pulling these pieces back, but it's also important to us in terms of our personal growth journeys in terms of dealing with these past traumas and it can be really significant i mean you don't just leave a a a piece of your soul when you know you stub your toe walking down the street these are these are legitimate traumas yeah and they don't have to be from this life okay well that's an important piece too so sometimes we're integrating past lives worth of stuff and I've had people I know who have done past life trauma integration and it has blown their life up. Yeah. You you really have to be aware before doing a soul retrieval, there, there, there are pieces to be done there and you have to recognize where you're doing it. What's going to come as the shaman. You can look ahead to a certain extent and test to see if a piece is going to come back if you're doing a specific soul retrieval Mm -hmm. and when you're doing that, you can sort of test and see energetically, emotionally, whatever is this piece going to, is this ready to return home? Right. And some pieces are ready and some pieces aren't. And that's just the nature of the beast. Okay. And so you don't try and force something that isn't ready to come home because if it's not ready to come home, it's because the person isn't ready to receive it. Okay. Okay, so let's start with that. And you can't rely on the person to say whether or not they're ready all the time, because not everybody has a great sense of Mm self-preservation, especially my people. Yeah. Right. We we have grown up in environments where we were not given the option to be self-preservating, you know, (laughs) to to be. I just made that word up. You did. It was fantastic. (laughs) I loved it. (laughs) But, but you know what I mean? <laughs> we just we, we grew up in environments where where we didn't have that option and mm-hmm. where we had our boundaries crossed and our lines crossed constantly. And so we we don't have great senses of self-preservation all the time, especially early on in our processes. Yep. And so it's super important when working with somebody who's come from a challenged childhood to make sure that they are ready, mm-hmm. right? And then there's other times when things will come back spontaneously. Yeah. You know, you can be walking through a ritual and get a challenge and boom, something integrates and, yeah. and it's there and you're just like, <laughs> yeah. okay, now you got to deal with it. Right? right. But as a practitioner, 
the the soul retrieval process should always be something that is monitored. If you're doing soul retrieval, you need to know what you're doing. Right. And you need to know how to help your client integrate it. Yeah. Right. So for yourself, if you're going out and looking for soul retrieval to be done for you, then you know, the thing that I'm going to really encourage you is let your body tell you whether it is something that's ready to come home. Okay. If you touch it and your body goes, <laughs> then it's probably not a good time to bring it home. Okay. okay. If you touch it and your body goes, Oh, Oh, I miss, I miss you. Yeah. I'm sorry. Then it's a good time to bring it home. Okay. Okay. And, I know I'm listening to you right now. I am tuned into your minds right now. I know you're going to be out there and you, you spiritual masochists are <laughs> sitting there going, I can do it. I will power through. I will make it happen. Even if I get the ah, response, don't do it. <laughs> Let me just say that again. Don't do it. And here's why, all right? Okay. It's not that I don't think you can power through it. It's not that I don't think that you'll get to the other side. It's not that I don't think that you will manage because I know you're incredibly competent. What I'm saying is you will go slower yeah. this way than if you do it when you're ready. Because when you integrate something that is at that level and you are not ready, it will break you for yes. a period of time. Well, even if you are ready, it could break you for a period of time. Even if as well. you are ready, it can yeah. break you. Yeah. For so a if you're of time. not ready, you don't even want to add that additional element on. Right. And when I say break you, I mean like puddle on the floor break you takes you months to put yourself back together again. Yeah. You don't get anything accomplished in that time. You're not functional effectively. Right. Okay. So please please heed this warning. Yep. Okay. Um, I, I just, please, that's all I'm saying. This is not <laughs> about being kinder and gentler to yourself. This is about not blowing yourself up. Right. And we've talked about that before. There's, there's things that you can do that are, that are oopsies and then things that are serious. And this is one of those okay. things that could have a serious impact. Exactly. Okay. And you know, with that, I, I have to say, this is something that should never, under any circumstances, no matter what, be done in a group environment in which you are not following up with people afterwards. That is very that, specific warning, Kelly. Yes. <laughs> I, I recently attended an event where the person facilitated a group soul retrieval and said, Oh, you can bring back multiple pieces of yourself. And, Oh, you know, you may see anywhere from two to the thousands of them around the globe and, and just, just call them home. And I'm like, <gasps> I was just sitting there going, Oh my God, don't do that. Don't do that. Ah. Because, you know, somebody I know right now is a puddle on the floor because they did one piece, yeah. a significant piece, but one piece of yeah. soul retrieval. And I'm just like, this, this person's saying, I'll oh, bring back multiple pieces. I'm like, have you lost your fucking mind? <laughs> Seriously. I'm just sitting there going, Oh my God. Okay. 
So, so that's just like a, a Hoover vacuum of all the past traumas in, in this life and previous lives, just pulling them back in and that type of thing with no support structure in place. None. Oh, my no goodness. No support structure, no instructions on how to integrate. No preparation for what it even means when you do it. No acknowledgement that it was trauma that was being reintegrated. Right. Nothing. And I'm just like, oh, I'm horrified. Yeah. Absolutely horrified. And I, I don't even know. So, <laughs> yeah. Let me say that again. Under no circumstances should this ever be done in a group environment with zero follow-up. Yeah. I don't think it should ever be done in a group environment, period. Right much less with no follow-up and no prep and no understanding of what was going on. Yeah. You know, it, it, I'm certain that the practitioner who did this had no idea that that's what she was doing. Right. But that's no excuse either. Yeah. You know. Now, with that caveat in place, you're not saying don't work towards a point where you're prepared to do soul retrieval. Soul retrievals are important. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying don't work towards it. I'm saying... They need to be well-timed. Yeah. They need to be timed with when you are ready, mm-hmm. not when you wish you were ready, right. not when you hope you were ready, not when you are judging yourself as not being going fast enough to be ready, yeah. but when you're actually ready. Because if you don't do it at that, I mean, even if you're doing it at a time when you're ready, they can still be intense. Yeah. And yeah. if you're doing them when you're not ready, they can be catastrophic. Right. This is what I'm saying. Soul retrieval is one of those things that people bandy about and they say, oh, you know, I'm going to do soul retrieval and this is funky and cool. And wouldn't that be fun? No, it's not fun. It's never fun. Yeah. (laughs) It's not. It's, It's deep shadow work. That's what it is. It's super useful when you're doing a path of personal development, personal Mm -hmm. growth, when you're, when you're doing your transformative work in the world and in yourself, but it is not fun. So much, very little of shadow work is fun. Um, it's people often, it's very funny. People often look at me after we've done a deep piece of work together and they're like, aren't you exhausted (laughs) after this? And I'm like, well, I didn't do the work. You did the work. (laughs) So, you know, I'm not nearly as exhausted as you are right now because it wasn't my stuff. Right. Right. So let's start with that. And they're like, don't, don't you get tired doing this with everybody? And I'm like, I'm a Scorpio with a cancer moon. If I'm not mucking about in the mud, I'm not happy. Right. It's just, it's like, no, I, I, I this is my happy place. <laughs> the myth arises from the mud. Squish, squish. Um, did we talk about that? I don't think so. No. So Kathy and I were at a retreat, uh, one of the Lumens Gates that she ran and um, it was raining so much, and we were at a campground, and the the drummers were underneath a tent, and they were drumming, and there was the dancers were walking around and stomp, stomp in the mud, <laughs> squish, squish, in between your toes, right? Yeah. You're just covered in mud, covered in mud. And Kathy started this chant. The myth arises from the mud, squish, squish. The myth arises from the mud, squish, squish. And and that's what we were dancing to. And it's just, it's this theme in my head that comes up periodically. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yes, we're going into the shadow work and the myth arises from the mud, squish, squish. Right? (laughs) It's like, and, and 
in in transformational work, myth and mythos is the carrier wave of the uh, story. It's the transformative arc. We work within myth and mythos to create the transformational arc. Right. And so the myth arises from the mud is, you know, the transformation arises from the mud, the shift, the mm-hmm. the, the new self, the evolution, the everything that's juicy that we go digging for yeah. rises from the mud. Squish, yeah. squish, right? <laughs> Yay. <laughs> wow. That's one of those little statements that has so much to it on top of it you know and then you add the the chant to it plus the drumming plus the the state of the environment that had to be incredibly intense even in that moment (laughs) okay so i've got to ask you keep saying uh using the word ready and i think that all of us have an idea of what ready means but i think that ready is something a little more specific in this case, what, what is the type of work that we can do to prepare ourselves to be ready to move into a soul retrieval? Well, so soul retrievals are about being able to integrate the trauma, mm-hmm. right? And so what you need to be able to integrate trauma is a solid sense of self. Yeah, You know, you need a firm foundation on which to be standing before the thing that's likely to knock you over comes home. Yeah. Because you don't want to be knocked over and knocked off a cliff at the same time. Right. So you don't want to be standing on that cliff. You want to be far away from the edge of the cliff with a really firm foundation built and and this this solid sense of who you are and your ability to to adapt and survive. Yeah. Right? Because if you're feeling like you can't do it, you know, if you've had your confidence shaken and you've had your your ability to trust in your adaptability, your ability to survive, your ability to overcome, your ability to um, move forward, then that is a bad time to do a soul retrieval mm-hmm. because you need to be in a place of really solidness in your power. Yeah. And as the soul retrieval is happening, when it hits you, if it hits you really hard, you need to fall back on those pieces that say, I am a survivor. I am adaptable. I am competent. I am capable. I can do this. Because if you go into the, I can't do this, whatever you tell yourself, you're going to believe. Right. And so you can't allow it there. You have to have developed the mental discipline to not allow the thoughts that will undermine you. And so that's the second piece is to develop the mental discipline to, to say this thought is coming in and going at me and you have to look at it and go, no, bad dog, sit down. Well, not doing that. That piece of it then ties to the fact that you have to have the ability to separate yourself from the emotion because it's one thing as you know, as we work through the stuff, as we, we work to help, learn how to coach others and, and guide them along their journey. It's easy for us as an outsider to separate from the emotion of the moment. You were talking about, isn't this exhausting for you? And and right. it's not because, A, the you're you're happy in the mud, but also you're able to separate yourself as a, as a guide for this person as opposed to living it with them at the same yes. time. When you're going through it, that becomes a lot more difficult to separate yourself from the emotion. And that sounds like one of those key pieces that you need to be able to do and prepare yourself for when you're doing this type of soul retrieval work. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's known as stepping into observer mode. Okay. And so think about it this way. It, you can be in the moment and it, having the experience mm-hmm. or you can 
sort of like step outside of yourself a little bit and watch yourself have the experience, yeah. right? We all know how to do that, right? Mm-hmm. So that's observer mode where you're watching yourself have the experience. Mm-hmm. If you want to be able to step out of your emotional state, then you step into your observer state. Yeah. And your observer state goes, wow, I'm flipping out. Yeah. (laughs) That's really not optimal. Hmm. Okay. Uh, My emotions have lost track of reality. Let me, let me see what I can do here. Okay. I'm going to, I'm just going to sit up here for a little bit and see if they spin down because, you know, I, uh, if I step back into them, they're, they're just going to run amok. So let me sit out here for a minute and and be in my rational state of being and be with the emotions and be like, Oh, okay. That's what they are. And then look at yourself and be like, okay, so I'm freaking out. What do I need to stop freaking out? What do I need that's available to me? Yeah. To stop freaking out because sometimes what we think we need isn't available. Mm-hmm. So I need this one person or mm-hmm. I need this one thing to happen or mm-hmm. I need to be a different person or I need the thing that happened to not have happened. Right. Okay. Sometimes we can't have the things that we think we need. So, you know, if I go underneath that need, what do I need right now that I can provide for myself, either through myself or through someone else? What do I need? Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, I need a hug. Yeah. And that's what I mean by through someone else where it's not necessarily a specific person doesn't have to be to really just look at it and go, hmm, okay, I'm flipping out. What do I need? Yeah. And then provide that need. Right. So I need to get out of the house. You'd be surprised how effective walking through a doorway is in changing your your emotional and mental states. Hmm. We are archetypally constructed to shift our state as we walk through doors. And so Hmm. simply deciding that when you walk out the door, you're going to refocus on something else and then walking through the door and refocusing on something else is actually much more effective than sitting still where you are and trying to refocus. So walking through doorways is actually super helpful in that regard. I want to call back to to something you just said because I it felt really important to me and that was that that moment where we step into the observer mode and see that spinning out of control. And I think one of the things you, one of the elements that I took from what you just said there was when we step into observer mode we're not stepping in to block the emotions. It's important that we still work within those emotions, but we don't allow those emotions to consume that, that say rational part, but that's, that's even a hard word to use there because it's not our reality. Our perception is our reality, right? There's, there's no way to, to say that what you're feeling is not real, but if you don't feel it, then you can't process it. So you're not saying block it. You're not saying pretend it's not happening. You're saying be within it, but try to be in a state where you're slightly outside of it. I'm saying to be with the emotion, like you would sit with a friend who's grieving. Yep. So people who are grieving, you can't fix their grief. Right. You can only be with them and let them know that you're there to support them. Mm -hmm. You, You can't fix it. You can't change it. There's nothing you can do with it except just be with it. Right. And so be with your emotion that's running you over in the same way that you would be with that friend. You look at the emotion and go, wow, you're really having a hard time. I'm so sorry. I'm just going to be with you while you're, while you're feeling this Mm -hmm. and to, to be able to 
be the person who is with the emotion while it processes rather than to be engaged in and overwhelmed and overrun by the emotion is super helpful in that scenario, right? And that's not how I want you to be with all of your emotions, but when they get out of control, you know, that's where, that's the only place you can be with them unless you want to be like a crazy person running down the street, you know? The other thing is, is to notice when they start to run out of control because you can, you can short circuit them. Yeah. But you have to catch them early because these sorts of things tend to snowball. Yep. And so, you know, the first turn of the, oh my God, this. And this. And it. And this. And if it's this, then, then it's that. Yeah. And, and if it's that, then it's that. And if it's that, then it's that. Right. You know, that's how it goes. Right. You need to catch it with, oh my God, if it's this, you need to catch that and say, or it's not, you know, there's, there's that moment of what if I, what if I can't do this? Yeah. And the answer is, well, what if I can? Right. It's like, oh, well, what if I can? Yeah. How about I invest in that thought instead? Right. Well, and these are all emotional things that we're processing, but they they also become chemical from a physiological perspective. They do. Uh, the, the our bodies start to kick off these chemicals that actually increase the spiral as opposed to decrease it. Yeah. So if you get a little too far mm-hmm. and the adrenaline kicks in, yeah. You know, then get out the door and go for a walk and start burning that adrenaline off so that you can calm back down. Right. Okay. The adrenaline needs someplace to go. Yeah. So you've got to give it a place to go. So I don't care if that means punching your bed or, you know, walking or running or, you know, doing something, but doing jumping jacks. I don't care. Yeah. But give your body some way to work off the adrenaline or else it's going to amplify the negative thought process. So yeah, that's a really good catch, Joey. That's true. Okay. Yeah. All right. This has been really interesting, scary, but at the same time, I think it sort of gives us a picture. You know, we've talked about in the Spirit Sherpa journey here, how we're we're starting to, to move and touch on things that are part of where we would be in this journey. And yep. uh, people are finding the show and they're finding it at the right stage of their journey. So this to the new listeners, to the listeners who have been, who are in this place, this is for you. This is Kelly talking to you right now because you needed to hear this and you needed to know that either this is coming up for you eminently or you're in the midst of it right now. And it's really important. Look how wise you're getting. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning from the best, Kelly. I'm learning you from really, the best. You <laughs> really? Like, that would not have been something you would have said a year ago. That's awesome. <laughs> so, and, and with that said, I, I do want to say one thing, which is I'm, I'm hearing from a bunch of people from the podcast And what I'm realizing is, uh, as people are calling me, is if you are binging these episodes, if you found us and you're like, I must hear every episode, and you're like going back and like, ah, or you're just like chomping at the bit for the next one, it's time to call me. Yeah. Because if, if you're that deep into the work that we're talking about, if this is speaking to you at that level... Then, then we need to talk. Yep. So, you know, there's a there's a discovery button, discovery call button on my page. Uh, it's, it's just below the header on the right. Um, it's got my face on it. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, click on that. And it's a free discovery call. You know, it, we'll spend an hour, we'll talk, but there's there's something that, that's going on with you that it's time to call me. 
And, okay. and there's a lot of content they'd be consuming in these things. There's a lot of energetic oh God, content yeah. that they'd be consuming in these episodes if they are doing something like that. So it's a really, really good to, to have that conversation with you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've talked to people who've said, oh, I've binged your entire show in the last week. And that's 32 hours of content yeah. at this point. Yeah. It's a lot of stuff. So, <laughs> you know, like, okay. And, and, you know, you, you don't have to have done it in a week, right? <laughs> but, but there are people who are doing that. And, yeah. you know, it, if, if you're somebody who's binging, then yeah, it's, it's time to call me. Yeah. And also, if while calling is important, we also want you to gauge in the Spirit Chirpa community, which on Facebook, yes. if you join the so cool. Spirit, Chirpa, Spirit Chirpa After Party podcast, podcast After, after party. party. There's so many words. I always forget it. I know. <laughs> the Spirit Chirpa Podcast After Party group in Facebook. Yes. I think I got all of them there. Is <laughs> a great place for you to go. You can join other listeners, past guests. Kelly and I are there. Um, it's where people can go and and ask questions, can engage with the community, can share things that they're feeling or seeing. And it's a great way to even ask the questions that you might have for Kelly that could be answered here on the podcast or become an episode themselves. Yeah. And I'm posting a bunch of extra stuff and so are some of the guests. Yeah. And so on average, there's a new piece of coolness that comes out every three days or so. Yeah. So, you know, for those of you who are jonesing for more, this would be a great place to get that. And I will admit now, I don't get on the Facebook enough to get into the group, but I will do better to get in and engage in there as well. I know that I have not, but... Uh, <laughs> Bad monkey, no biscuits. No yes. biscuits for me. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Also, we want you to, uh, wherever you're listening to Spirit Chirpa, whether you're binging it, whether you're joining us, or whether you've been here all along and you're just keeping up, we want you to subscribe to the show in whatever the app is you're listening to and rate us. Rate and let uh, the world know what you think about what Kelly's doing and what she's sharing with the world. And also share it. That's another great way, whether it's in uh, Facebook with your friends, whether it's at dinner parties, uh, wherever you are, we want you to just share what you feel is is relevant and touching you and that you think will have benefit to those around you. And, you know, if you're in one of the lightworkers groups or, you know, something spiritually related and you see something that's related to what it is that I've talked about in an episode. If you want to share the episode in that group and say that you love the podcast, we would so appreciate that. Absolutely. I'm still working on my, my birthday present. <laughs> I was and just going to mention. pretty well. Yeah, we We're are. We're on track right now to do a 50% on uptick. So that yeah. would get us to 30,000 by my birthday, but we're, we're still halfway away from actually getting to that 40,000 that I was shooting for. And we only so have about another that. month. I know. So I could use some help. Right. So. Well, there you go, folks. You want to give Kelly a happy birthday. That's how you do it. Share. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> happy birthday to me. Share in care with all that is going on. Is there anything that you want to say as we wrap this up before we head out to the folks listening? Don't blow yourself up. <laughs> <laughs> this and other mottos from Spirit Sherpa. <laughs> <laughs> might as well go with the theme <laughs> exactly all right folks that is all that we have for this week but be sure to join us next time as kelly adds another chapter into your guide to energy magic magic and the spirit, and spirit world, world. <laughs> i'm like energy and what comes after the energy 
what comes after it? I, I know it's something. Leave it the way we just did it. <laughs> Will do. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, I am Joey C. here with Kelly Sparta, and you have been listening to The Spirit Trip Up. So long, everyone. Bye. Each fella trouble over 13,000 now. So I'll leave behind a little fear. Spirit Trippa is the sole property of Kelly Sparta Enterprises and is distributed under Creative Commons BY-NC-ND 4.0 license. For more information about this licensing, please go to creativecommons.org. Any requests for deviations to this licensing should be sent to K-E-L-L-E at K-E-L-L-E-S-P-A-R-T-A dot com. That's Kelly at KellySparta.com. To sign up or to get more more information on the programs, offerings, and services referenced in this episode, please go to kellysparta.com. This episode of Spirit Sherpa has been produced by Honu Voice Productions. Are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing, but you feel like you kind of probably should, especially since... You seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space. And you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.